Welcome back. This is episode three. And today I have a very, very special guest, Jose Alfredo, who <laughs> I've had the pleasure of. We we met in a very interesting way. Like we didn't have like any mutual friends. Like we met just in Pilsen, didn't we? I don't honest. I honestly don't remember. <laughs> yeah, but like I feel like I you and I didn't have any mutual friends. I don't think we do. No, I, I don't. Not off the top of my head that I can think whether we have mutual friends or not. But no, I don't think yeah. so. Well, anyway, welcome. Uh, do you want to talk a little about what you do? Any plans for the future? What do you got going on? Sure. I So my name is Jose Alfredo. I pronouns are he, him, his. And I, what do I do? What don't I do? No, I'm just kidding. I am an educator by day, entertainer slash singer, musician by night. Although usually I do that during the day as well. <laughs> and um, yeah, I think those are my two big like things, identifiers, I suppose. Um, Mexican-American, Latino, Latinx, gay identifying. And yeah, that's that's me in a nutshell. Um, big plans for the future. Actually, it's funny. I had my students set intentions today in the morning. <laughs> Um, they're 10 year olds, so their intentions are really cute. Um, but, and some of them were like nice. Some of them were like, I, my intention is to learn something new today. And I was like, that's a wonderful intention. This is a, separate from intentions, obviously. I think big plans for me are to figure out, much like everyone else, what, what are we doing here? What, what's going on? What, what's my purpose? <laughs> what am I supposed to be doing today? And for the rest of my life. But what I do enjoy is singing, entertaining people, telling people stories, um, talking about myself is a big one. And which is why therapy is wonderful for me. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah. And connecting with people through through those outlets, right? Through singing at them, um, telling them my stories, trying to make people laugh, trying to make connections with them, trying to, yeah, just connect with people that way. That is amazing. I I applaud you for being a teacher during this pandemic because... Thank you. I also just realized I don't think I answered your question. Like I said a lot of words and then just did not answer your question. And I'm, I'm all, I will do that a lot. So if you don't like write things down and then bring me back <laughs> and go like, hey, Jose Fredo, you did not actually answer my question. I'm going to forget that I didn't answer it. But I would like to tell stories, connect with people. Um, in a larger like way like format or yeah um hopefully netflix calls me one day and they just want me to like sit on a stage and sing and um do storytelling at the same time it's like a one-man show but in spanish in spanglish probably your own netflix special yes giving a netflix special let's go i'm gonna with, with singing with storytelling singing storytelling those are the big ones really um, humor comedy humor comedy yeah i basically want to be share but on netflix and brown mexican <laughs> you know those are um, those are good goals if you're yeah, gonna I if you're agree. gonna aim high you might as well aim share highest yeah girl is still going so <laughs> she's like spanned all kinds all the decades at this point but there's yeah. nobody alive who does not know who share is right exactly at least so, I hope that's so. Well, uh, that's true. Maybe the young, the youngins. But I feel at least, at least as a as a meme, they know who Cher is. 
I would hope so. I don't know if I've seen her in memes, though. Have you? I'm pretty sure I've seen memes go around. Okay. <laughs> I'll have to look out for them. Um, cool. Yeah, that's that's a little bit of me. <laughs> that's a lot. I feel like that's a lot. So thank you for sharing. Um, so one of the reasons that I was very interested in having you come on is because you and I have actually talked a lot about, you know, our own sort of emotional therapy journeys or more like mental health journeys. I feel like you and I have come from very different directions and have faced very different things, but I think we both settled on how taking care of your mental health is super important. And I feel like you have done, from what it seems, a pretty good job in prioritizing that as much as you can. I don't know if it started out that way, but you know, from our most recent conversations, it seems like that is a thing. So do you want to talk a little bit about you know, your, your mental health journey? Like, how did it start? What was it like? How are you feeling about it now? Yeah. Um, I don't think I've ever talked about this actually. Uh, so it's funny. I maybe, how long have I been in therapy for maybe three years, four years at this point, something like that. I remember posting on my Instagram, like a story that like, I, it had to do with therapy and going to therapy or something like that. And it must have been like after I had already started, maybe like two sessions in or one session in. I don't remember. It was definitely a picture of like me waiting outside the office. And it was something like hashtag waiting for my therapy appointment to start. You know? <laughs> and I got a lot of messages from just people who follow me on Instagram, people who I don't necessarily know personally and people who I do know personally who were just like, what's wrong? Like either questions like that, like concern questions or question or not questions, but more like um, comments or yeah, comments that were just like messages that were like, oh my goodness, you don't need to do that. Like you're so positive or not. You don't need to do that. But like, I'm so surprised because you're such a positive human. Um, I was about so to throw like, down. I was <laughs> like, who is telling you not to do therapy? Yeah, I don't think anyone said don't like d you don't need to. But I think people were like, I'm surprised, like why you would, why like that you're going to therapy. Like you're so positive and so upbeat and la la la, you know all that stuff. And I was like, yeah, that's true. But like one doesn't negate the other. Like you know, like everyone. And I mean, at this point, I'm like four years in, so I'm like everyone should go to therapy everyone needs therapy um yeah, I apologize I'm also like sipping on my drink right now no but, by all means hey it's cafe con therapy so <laughs> sipping I on mean, tea and coffee then you're doing the right thing I mean it is a mug I don't know if coffee's in here but it's a mug at this point oh I did have, okay <laughs> okay I did have to do coffee earlier like a around five because for those of you who don't know we're actually recording a little bit later in the night so coffee right now would absolutely kill me and my sleep schedule um if this was like straight up six in the morning I'd be like absolutely I would be like we are not starting until I get some coffee <laughs> I don't think you would want to record at 6 a.m <laughs> I don't I see you being willing to be like yeah I'm ready to record at 6 a.m you know if I if I had woken up at like five, did a like a 30 minute run, showered and then got ready, then they would probably do a six o'clock recording. But other than that, no, I don't think I could roll over 
roll off of bed and immediately do recording, I would need to do like something to wake my body up before I, I got to do that. <laughs> but um, sorry, again, we digress. Uh, yeah, so I started four years ago. I hit a, like a really low point in my, just like, I don't know, like, I, I had nothing, I felt like I had nothing to be sad about and I felt sad. And it was like that, like, not like that every day, like you're crying type, but like, I don't know, I just, everything felt so gray and slow. Like you were just going, I was just going through the motions of life and like going to work, coming back, gigging. Um, oh yeah, oh, I did mention that I'm a musician. So I, I, and back then, you know, four years ago, pre-COVID, like we were gigging a lot. Um, and I was part of like two bands at that point. So it just felt like, yeah, I just felt like I was just going through the motions and not finding like footing. <clears throat> so one time <laughs> I got very, oh, and also the gigging did not do well for me. Well, it's fine. Um, wait, 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 wait. Why? Why no, it, it's not that it didn't. It's just that, like it exacerbated like this lifestyle that I'm like, <gasps> I need to be careful. So like, um, cause I'd be out and like most of my gigs are like at Mexican parties or like Mexican restaurants and tequilas everywhere. <laughs> Once people find out that you kind of sound like Juan Gabriel, like they want you to have all the tequila shots with them. And I was like, sure, let's have all of them. <laughs> and so for a few years, that was probably like how I spent most of the weekends. And I think that it caught up, it didn't like, it caught up to me in that like I, became like sad and just like uh and just yeah sad for a really long time and so one day I woke up and I was like I looked at my phone and you know like when you do those phone calls well I don't know if you do but I do those phone calls you regret and you're like fuck also am I allowed to swear right absolutely oh okay. um I was like fuck I woke up the next day I'm like I should not have called half of the people I called last night and that day I was like I should probably seek some help from a therapist. <laughs> Why am I calling these people? Why did I get that drunk yesterday? Um, yeah, and ever since then, I started seeing a therapist. Um, and it's been great. I started with a different therapist than I, than I am with now. But I really enjoyed both of them. And I enjoyed, I'm going to call her T. I enjoy T. That's my current therapist. But yeah, I, that's how it started, at least. I was like, I had one crazy night and I was like, oh, this can't happen anymore. Like I need, I need to rein this in. So you were doing something that you enjoyed, or at least, you know, cause you do enjoy performing. You and I have had conversations about, you know, trying to find, you know, a, a specific rhythm, a specific balance of doing what you love to do. Right. Um, well, and I think at that point, um, so I think it's specific, I guess, like I was doing like my own band and yeah, because it's 2021 right now. So yeah, we started in 2016 and I was also doing mariachi gigs. And I think at that point, mariachi gigs were like sucking the soul out of me because they were super frequent and I would have like three to four gigs a day. Um, a which day? Just, oh my like goodness. On, well, like, like the, during the weekend. like Right, but that's yeah, a yeah, lot. Like, so much. And they're, they're all like out in the middle of bumfuck nowhere so the travel back and forth is like annoying and it like your day is gone if you have three gigs and it's an hour in between each one goodbye saturday 
Um, oh, and then at the, I think at one point I picked up another band. And I think that I just needed to like step back and really like, but also the money was really nice. So it was like, you were, I was in between like a hard rock and a hard place and a rock. I don't know what the saying is. I am a, not, I'm, I'm a, this English is my second language. I'm allowed to not Entre la espada y la pared? Um, there you go. Sure. <laughs> Be like, I um, like the money, but at the same time, I'm literally hitting the wall. Right. And I was just like burnt out. I think I was hitting a burnt out. And I, I was because through therapy, like we realized I was like, I need to cut back on a lot. Like a lot of this, while I enjoy music and I enjoy singing and I enjoy entertaining people, it has to be on my terms. Otherwise, it's not going to be fun for me. And yeah, so I think that, that was one of the first things I think I made up doing. I quit mariachi. I quit the other band that I was in. And then I just dedicated time to my own band. Which is your own. current band? Correct. Yeah, Madera. So, although we're kind of on hiatus, not hiatus, but we were we're on hiatus because of you know we're in a pandemic. I mean, but y'all were just together like two months ago. So, are you technically on a hiatus? I know. Well, I guess that was our first time when we did the virtual gig. Mm-hmm. So we yeah we did a virtual gig. Um, and that was the first time we saw each other in a really long time. But yeah. I mean, I, I took a hiatus because I was like, I'm not going to do this to me. I'm not going to try and figure out gigging during the pandemic, at least not in person. Yeah, no, absolutely. You have to take care of yourself before anything. Right. But yeah, um, I started with a different therapist who's guided me through that process, uh, who told me I wasn't an alcoholic. And I was like, oh, great. I can't keep drinking. And <laughs> we just continued, continued therapy. <laughs> but yeah. It was interesting though, like starting because I have now I've had two therapists and I found it fascinating how both of them start started different. Like therapists start different, I guess, like their sessions with their clients because I didn't know what I was going to end up talking about. Okay, so can you talk to me a little bit about that? Like, what do you mean they start off different? I mean, I I know they do, but I'm curious to see like your perspective on that. Well, like my first therapist, she was like, all right, <laughs> and this is, I'm oversimplifying. Obviously, she didn't do it exactly this way, but kind of. It was like, what are the three most traumatic things that have ever that have happened to you? <laughs> but wow. And she didn't, she didn't word it like that. She didn't introduce it like that. But within that first session, I ended up kind of glossing over the three things that I would probably consider to be the most traumatic things. And maybe it was something that I said that triggered that question, which I'm sure maybe that was the case. Um, she, she was super nice and super cool. And I very much enjoyed being with her. And then the second therapist started with like, okay, so like, what do you want to talk about? And like, so that was very like, one of them felt like structured in that sense. And the other one felt like a open, little bit more casual. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Open and more like free, freestyling, I suppose. Um, which was fine because by the time, because I think that if I had been approached with the, what do you want to talk about at the get-go, I wouldn't have landed anywhere. But at that point I had already had like two years of therapy. So I knew like, I knew how to talk to a therapist-ish. Like I knew what I wanted to talk about. And I mean, it, I was nervous the first time I ever went to a first therapy session. Like those are things that you see white people doing on in movies and television. You don't see those things. Like you don't see in our culture, people, yep. right? It was especially like personally, you don't see it, but you also don't see it in media. So like you like, 
I also remember like driving to my therapy session and being like, all right, well, this is how I know therapy to go. Like I was still expecting to like lay back on a couch, you know? <laughs> Have somebody like on a different chair with a little right. notepad and a with pen. A notepad, yeah. right, right, right. All of that. And so like when I realized that was not the case, I was like, well, that's disappointing. <laughs> but um You're no, like, is was... she doing it right? <laughs> Do you want me to show you the movies I've watched? Because I don't think you've seen them. Um I don't think you know how to do your job. Right. <laughs> Never would I ever, oh my goodness. But oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was fascinating, that first one. And I stayed with her for a while. I stopped going to therapy. Oh, maybe I've been in therapy longer then because I stopped going for a, a good chunk. And when I went back to the same consulting place, um, she was no longer there. And at that point, I just like, I'm also a very like row with the punches type of person. Because someone was like, well, you can just ask for him. Just ask where she went. And then she might, you might be able to follow. And I was like, eh, no, I like coming to this specific. I also really like that specific location because it was central to me. So I was like, no, I'll just stay here and find someone else. And then that's how I ended up with a second therapist. Mm, so they were both within the same practice. Correct. Yes. Oh, okay. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think that's so important. Like the different dynamic, just even within the same, the same practice. Yeah. They're both, they're both very different. I would say, well, obviously one, <laughs> my first therapist was a white woman and my current therapist is a black woman. So there are differences there. Do you feel like you relate more to or related more to either one of them? I So this is a great question, mostly because, um, and again, I, I don't know who's going to listen to this. They're going to be like, who the fuck is this oversimplifying these things? Because I don't mean to or overgeneralize things, but in also in the simplest forms is how I'm trying to describe these um, attributes. Um, in a way, yes. In a way, having the therapist, I explain less things. Um, even though I do find myself having to explain specific cultural things, there are other things that do cross um, back and forth a little bit culturally between, um, you know, black and brown folk. Um, you know, and it's basically like we're not white. So like that, I don't ever have to explain <laughs> to my therapist. Um, and I did find myself having to explain a little bit more things to, in terms of that, at least aspect to my first therapist. But yeah. So somebody kind of took charge for you in that sense. Well, when I called the practice, um, the lady just, the woman who answered the phone asked me a few questions and then she was like, okay, we're going to set you up with this person. And I was like, oh, good, whatever. That's fine. And then I ended up with my first one. Cool. Well, see, I thought it was very important to ask that because um, in my previous two episodes, uh, the people who I've spoken to are current therapists. And we did talk about how important it is to be able to find somebody of color. Like, well, how important it was to them to find a therapist of color in order to be able to relate better. Um, But like each one specifically looking for something within their own culture. But I'm sure on some degree, you know, like it's hard to find somebody of your own culture who's accessible. Right. Well, because there, there's so few of them. And when you find them, it's like no slots. So <laughs> because there's so many of us in need that they're just bombarded with. I mean, I guess 
like that's the positive thing is like they have work guys <laughs> they're going to be working um yeah i i did i it's funny i did think about that when i first started like after my first session with um with my first therapist i think for me the biggest factor was whether they identified as men or women and I specifically did not want a male therapist. Like mm. I knew that from the get-go. So that was my shtick. That, that was like my thing that was sticking, my sticking point. Like I needed a female therapist. Um, I don't know why. I should ask. <laughs> we should explore that later. <laughs> that was literally going to be my next question. Like, do you, do you, do you know why that, that's what you were looking for? Like why you felt that that was, a safer route for you because again it's all about safety and being comfortable I think that that's the reason like I feel much more I feel safe in the presence of women and more than I do in the presence of men and it's because I grew up gay I'm sure that's what it is (laughs) like I grew up gay and I was like being afraid that like guys were gonna find out that I was gay and then like pick on me or like whatever you know like or make me feel a certain way or that I would be like rejected, not like romantically, but like rejected from the group. Like or socially. Yeah. Right. Um, so yeah, I think that that's, that definitely probably plays a huge role in that. I'm sure. And I mean, I'm super close to my mom and growing up, most of my best friends were women or girls. And so like, it would make sense that I would naturally gravitate towards wanting a female therapist. Right. Cause you, you grew up with this idea that men were sort of bit of a I'm not I'm not sure if the appropriate word would be danger, but you know, you were more no. danger being with men and not I, being accepted. I actually think that's the perfect way to describe it. They're they always were more of a potential for danger than women were. There was okay. always more of a potential there. You know, like, yeah, I mean that's that's how I walked through life for I mean, that's probably do I still walk through life like that? I think so, subconsciously, but much less, you know, afraid than I was when I was a child or whatever. Okay. Okay. That's super interesting. That's not something that I myself had ever really thought about, about how um, gay men might perceive hetero men and, you know, how that's so interesting. I really hadn't thought about that. Well, and it's, I mean, it's unless you grew up and I, I mean, I did grow up having straight friends, like hetero Hetero friends, but I mean, you're always like <laughs> looking behind you, like, is anything gonna happen? Not with your friends, but like in general. Um, yeah, I think I, it's also for whatever reason. I think because I grew up being really close friends with girls slash women, that I it's I'm what you naturally com- gravitate to, and I'm much more comfortable sharing, especially when it comes to like personal stuff, personal details about my romantic life, about my sex life, like things like that. Like I don't, I never wanted to be in a space where I feel like now I'm making someone else uncomfortable because of my experiences or realities. And I don't like, like I'm not, <laughs> like I, that's not, that's not the deal here. You know? <laughs> that's not the intention. Yeah. <laughs> this is therapy. You're supposed to be me making me feel better <laughs> or, you know, guiding me towards making myself feel better. But yeah. And I remember I had a doctor once in my young adulthood, like maybe I was like a few years into 
working full time. And it was the first time that I, like I had insurance and I had to like navigate all of that by myself. And I remember I went to the doctor and I was like, so I had this experience and now I feel like I need like this and this. And he was so uncomfortable. He himself was also, I think, a little like on the younger side. And by younger, I mean like maybe like early 30s. Um, like my and how old now. were you at the time? Uh, like a clean, like maybe 10 years younger than him, like 23, 24. Okay. So and I felt that he was uncomfortable and then I was uncomfortable, but like, whatever, like he still did his job. Right. But that's not how I want like my interactions to go with my health professionals. <laughs> like I need my health professionals to not make me feel weird because I have to share something with them. That's absolutely. Not, absolutely. Right? <laughs> they should actually be making you feel safe above anything. Right. <laughs> and I think he was just like not ready for that. But it, I mean, it was whatever. Um, hey, good learning experience. So absolutely. Yeah. And then that's I think that probably also fed into like, I need a female therapist. Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. So it's much uh, less an issue of her being white than her. Oh, my God. Can you imagine if she was a white man? I would that would not have worked out. For me. <laughs> Unless he was a gay white man. Then well, maybe. that was going to be my next question. Like, have you thought about, you know, maybe not going the cultural route, but maybe going the, um, the, how you identify in terms of your sexuality route? I I have thought about it. Um, I mean, right now I'm happy with T. So yeah, I I actually, T just left the practice that she was at. So I'm going to follow her to the next practice. Oh. Yeah. Because at this point now everything's virtual. I don't have to go anywhere. Oh, that's right. Oh, how convenient. Right. <laughs> and actually, I love therapy over virtual. Like, I don't need to go anywhere now. If we could keep going like this, this would be great. I know. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> well, in terms of my my own therapy sessions. like No, 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 of course. No, I'm just thinking about how this new dynamic is going to cause a lot of, like, back and forth because there are a lot of people who did become comfortable with having teletherapy right but then there are other people who are going to be like nope i need in person i want in person i want this and so going back to reality for those those therapists who are used to seeing people in person well most people because teletherapy was kind of not as accepted i think up until the pandemic (laughs) And now everyone's like, oh, yeah, no, you can totally do this. You can get certified in this and that. I'm just like, oh, my God. But, yeah, well, that's good. You found you found your stride with it. And I think that's that's super important. But I think, again, I don't know, but I would say that what probably also helped you feel comfortable with teletherapy is the fact that you did a lot of the work in person already as well. Yeah, that's also true. Yeah, I it was, I had already put years in. So at that point, transitioning to teletherapy wasn't too big of a deal. It's like you did the core work in person and now you get to just continue doing the work, but via teletherapy. Right. Yeah. So because you are very close with your mom, um, how was presenting the idea that you were going to seek therapy? It actually was not at all hard, but only because I wasn't the first one in our family. So... At that point, when I started, one of my siblings had already started going to therapy, so it wasn't difficult. And I want to say that all, not all of us, but I think at one point or another, myself and siblings have seen a therapist. And it's been like, 
Okay. I think okay. she. I think she really understood understands that it's necessary and that it is, and then and then it's also people's choice. I will. My mom. I will, I'll give her credit in the sense that she's a the type of mother and the type of like woman who is like it is your life and whatever you think will bring you joy or stability or um purpose is what you should do and move forward with that and you have my blessing type of that's the type of like mother that she is um she doesn't impose for like the and therapy like is a big thing right like it's a big deal type of things like with a big deal type of things she doesn't impose much um of her opinion if she has them i i don't i don't think i when i told her when i told her it wasn't a big deal it was just like i think one day i came over to my parents and i was just like i also talk about my therapist a lot like when i when I when I'm with friends, when I'm with family, I'm like, well, I don't know. I was talking to my therapist the other day, and <laughs> like most, a lot of my conversations start that way, and that's how I started with my parents. And I think at one point she was like, "Wait, you see a therapist?" And I'm like, "Uh huh." And I was like, "Everyone should see a therapist." And she's like, "Okay." And then that was it. That was literally the whole conversation. It wasn't like it wasn't like a drawn out dramatic anything. It was just like, and I, I think at one point she was like, "Are you okay?" And I was like, "Yeah, mom. I'm like, I'm fine." everyone should see a therapist. And she was like, okay, 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 whatever. And she just walked away. She was like, all right. Oh, that's so cool. I feel like that that is so important. Um, And I think, again, I I don't mean to stereotype our own people. Uh, That is never the intention, but uh, just from my experience with my own extended family, uh, it's not something that's widely accepted or widely encouraged. So the fact that for you, like, it was the opposite. Like you didn't have to go through like some horrific trauma in order for it to be like, okay, you need to go to therapy. Right. No, I mean, I mean, she, uh, no, I mean, my mom's been, was great about that. I don't think that I did have anything that was, at least not in my like super, well, actually, no, that's not true. Through therapy, I found out like why I actually was like drinking a lot and why I was very sad and why like it came to that point. But um, and it was a traumatic event in my adulthood, but it didn't like kick off from like my family or anything. And so because of that, like they they didn't feel like defensive about it or anything. And I think that that might be like the case with a lot of not a lot and again not to generalize, but I think that a lot of times like and I do joke with my mom a lot like. like something will happen randomly and I'll be like oh no that reminds me of this one time when I was a kid I'm traumatized and I like joke with her like you know my life with you has been traumatizing and like it's a joke back and forth not to say that we didn't experience trauma as children but she doesn't take it personally I don't think that like I go to see a therapist and she doesn't I don't think take it as an offense to like the way we were brought up or like our family values but I will say she does not herself necessarily oh actually oh this is a great (laughs) up until recently she did not find that she needed therapy or that she um she was not accept as accepting of the idea not that she wasn't accepting of the idea because she was like yeah if you want to do it you do you but she was no like, I mean I, for her right correct whereas because and I always say this around everyone like everyone needs therapy so she would just be like okay 
like that's cool um but she would be like well not me like not i don't need to go to that um because you know like she has religion and she has like these are like these are the things that she leans on for to center herself right but i think we said actually recently we just had a conversation and she's like she's like okay like yeah let's if you find a therapist that like uh, i can see you know um then we can try and move forward with like trying it out because she has tried it out she 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 was asked to try it out years ago i think when we were children and she was like it just didn't do anything for me and i was like yeah that's that was probably more the therapist than therapy like you you do kind of have to shop around and i did have that conversation with her um actually we had that conversation on my on my podcast on our podcast um about how like she it's a process finding a therapist and I've been lucky that like both the first therapist both the first two therapists I've had like have been good have worked I guess have yeah, worked, they've, for they've you. worked for me um but that's not the case with everyone right like absolutely it is especially like for a almost 60 year old immigrant Spanish-speaking mother like that's therapy is not something that like is either familiar and you need it's going to be have to be someone like who understands all those things about the cultural understandings around therapy and everything to get someone like my mom to stick and to like make it work but we'll see absolutely and i kind of want to go back um because i feel like a statement that i mentioned um when i was talking about yeah, but at least you didn't have like a horrific trauma happen to you. I did. I don't want it to seem like I'm assuming that you didn't go through trauma. My point that I was trying to make is a lot of oh, the no. times that, at least from what I've seen within our culture, is that unless something traumatic happens to a child, oh, parents do not seek therapy for them. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, that would. Absolutely. And even then, sometimes they're like, no, lo vamos a llevar con el sacerdote. Right, 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 right. Or we're going to go to a healer. O que la hagan una limpia. Or... Una limpia, right. <laughs> I was going to say, my parents were taking me to a limpia. They wouldn't have taken me to the sacerdote. Even though, my, parents, like... my parents did both. <laughs> so this, is why, <laughs> this is why I'm just like, hmm. I don't mean to laugh. I, okay. We're not no, laughing. It's I, no, funny no, no, no. now. Right, it's right. funny in retrospect, but that that's kind of, I wanted to go back and say that. I was like, because the minute you started answering the question, I was like, wait a minute. It sounds like I'm assuming that you haven't gone through horrific trauma. Oh, no, like, that's I not my point. That's not what I meant to end. That's not how I meant my answer either. But like, no, my parents would have definitely taken me to a healer <laughs> as a child or something. That, I, I got mean, spit on, so, you know. Yeah. Oh, but you know what? I have been to healers. I have been to curanderos for like, health reasons and like when they like yeah they do the like they gargle something and then they like spit it out oh my god back at you i will say though i as a child i did find it somewhat centering and like calming and you know what it is it's probably just like the the um there's a certain scent that these spaces have that's just like oh it smells different in here and it smells like calming and I don't know if it's essential oils, what have you, but I'm always calm when I visit those places. I have never been, I have not visited one of those spaces in a really long time, but my parent, my mom is a huge like believer, which is, you know, whatever works for her. 
And I tell her that all the time. Like, I'm like, whatever works for you, but if ever you want to start therapy, let me know. Yeah, that's kind of been the struggle for me. Not that my mother, like my, now that my mother has finally come around to the idea of therapy, now she changed insurance and it's hard to get her a therapist. And I'm just like, I was like, this, this is so, so like unfortunate at this point. That's the other thing, like the people who need it, the, not the most, because again, everyone, but the disenfranchised continue to be disenfranchised through these channels too. Like people who don't have insurance, people who have, who don't pay the premium on their, like their biggest price tag on their insurance. Like those are the people who probably could use therapy more because disenfranchisement and fucking capitalism, you know? (laughs) Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I'm fortunate enough that I'm able to have a regular therapist. So I'm thankful for that. Yeah, trust me. And this is coming from me as a therapist. Finding my own therapist has been such a difficult task. And I know plenty of other therapists who have had a difficult time finding a therapist that kind of fit their needs. Do you, do you feel it's because y'all are more picky? <laughs> like, because y'all know... Y'all know the industry, y'all know the things, y'all okay. know what's going on. Okay. So you're so, like, okay, no, 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 this is, this one's not going to work. It's like if someone was trying to teach me something, I'm trying to think of a good, like, a, not, not analogy, but like a comparison. Like if, well, that's not true. Cause I think I'm a, I don't think I'm going to find something, but it's no, here, I, here's a good comparison. It's like if someone who I don't necessarily think is a great singer is trying to teach me how to sing and then be like mm, oh don't worry i will i will never try to teach you how to sing no 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 i wasn't talking about you. but you know is that like is that the is that the uh, the, the problem you you're not like, mm. in my experience so my experience has been more about the vibe it's yeah, not that sure. the therapist did anything wrong um i think it was more she was just so laid back like so, so mellow. And my voice is so dynamic that I need somebody to meet me there. Right. Because if I hear like everything being so mellow and my do, like I, I do change my dynamic within the therapy that I do with others, you know, I meet them where they're at. So I think that's why in my head, I was like, okay, I can't, I can't do the mellow. I can't, like I tried it, but it just feels like, to pass it right and I can't do that because if I'm here I'm trying to do the work right and I need I need this to be a back and forth I don't want it to be just me basically regurgitating my emotions and my trauma because I've done that like I've done that by myself what I need is sort of that extra little push to Mm -hmm. get me to where I need to be because as much as we try to do our own work, sometimes we do still need that outside perspective from someone right, of else. In the I mean, field. but that's why you go to therapists. Like, the, uh, like that's why you don't. We're well, not you specifically. You in the general. Um, I think one of the best things about going to therapy is like you get that objective perspective from someone who's like not your friend, who's not your family member, who's not 
whatever, who you might have already told all of this to, but their opinion is going to be skewed a certain way. And hopefully your therapist isn't, you know? So yeah, like that's literally why I go to the person. I'm like, I need someone to listen to me and give me not their opinion, but like guide me through the most objective path to find whatever answer lies ahead (laughs) because my friends aren't doing it right now (laughs) or, and it's not their job to either, obviously. Um, Yeah. And I I don't think I could do a therapist who was super mellow. Like that would not go well with me. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm telling you. Like for me, it was just like too jarring. I was like, she was really sweet. She was very nice. Um, But it was so funny because after the first session, uh, I was like, I kind of came to my own realization. So I kind of did the therapy work while I was talking. I was like, oh, wait a minute. And then I literally started listing everything off and she was just listening to me. She's like, there you go. I find that like with therapy, it's it's funny because sometimes I'm like, oh my God, what am I going to talk about today? And then an hour passes. I'm like, oh my God, I talked the entire time. <laughs> and, it's, and the entire time that I'm talking somehow, some way I find a solution or like whatever, like, you know, you find that like thing that you were looking for in talking it out in front of someone who's not your friend and or your family or anything like that. And she might've said like a few phrases here and there. And I was like, all right, well, that was great work. Like, that's thank you. Bye. <laughs> like that. I mean, I do think that that is how I treat our relationship. Um, but like, they're not, but my therapists were never mellow. Like, I'm a, I don't know, I definitely need like action back and forth. Mm-hmm. And it's not always like super back and forth, but like back and a back and forth needs to happen. I need them to like laugh at my funny when I'm funny. Otherwise, I'm not going to. You're looking for this. validation. There's, <laughs> you're looking for something. Okay, hold on. That's a no, whole no, 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 no. <laughs> No, because I'm not, I don't go in here with like prepared jokes. I come in here with like, this is who I am. This is my person. Are you sending your script to your therapist? (laughs) Like, hey, I wrote the script. Here's all my jokes. Tell me I'm funny. No, I'm kidding. Right. Tell me I'm hilarious. But I mean, most of the time my therapists are laughing at the things I'm saying. And I'm just like, cool. That works. That helps me put, that helps put me at ease first of all. <laughs> and then I know you're human and not a robot also. Oh my God. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, what, at one time, and this is where I was like, oh. and this is what happened with both of my therapists at this point. I'm like, man, I know she's doing their, I know they're doing their job, but we would be decent friends. <laughs> with both of them. I'm like, obviously that's not going to happen because you know, boundaries, but, um, and the five year and the five year rule. So what? there's a five-year rule there's a five-year rule you can engage uh with the client five years after they've terminated services with you oh i did not realize that boundaries because a lot of the times like you said like oh we would be really good friends um well you said decent friends okay but yeah. still oh i don't know like I'm, we could I be don't friends remember what i said <laughs> like right. we could be friends but at the same time, like that wouldn't be a friendship because you would be expecting the same dynamic within Probably. therapy. And like, that's not what friends are for. True. There you go. 
<laughs> no, but uh, but yeah, no, I enjoy therapy. Like it's, it's honestly therapy goes the way our conversation is good right now. Like I say some shit, I talk about my shit, and then it's like, and on myself, obviously, um, most of my therapy is not like um, how do I like most of my sessions aren't super heavy. I wouldn't say like it's um, which I actually like with my first therapist when she asked me like the three most traumatic things that ever happened to you and I was like this one this one and this one and I was like and she was like all right and then I kind of went like but I've kind of gotten over all those three things at least I think I have you let me know if I haven't but I was like I feel like I've worked my way through all those huge three traumatic things that have happened to me um and how do you um two out of the three I would say for sure yeah and the third one, like, made it reared its ugly head. Um, not recently, but, like, recently I was able to, like, close a chapter in that one. And I was like, all right, moving on with my life, <laughs> which was nice. Um, and it was, and that was also not as, like, dramatic or re-traumatic as, I mean, I, I, not as I was thinking, well, yeah, as I was thinking it was going to be. It just, it was, like, time had passed and I was like, all right, like, I'm I'm good. Like let's look at all the things that have happened since then. Like let's you know, um, it was great. Um, but yeah, like most of my therapy now is mostly like my own worries in the present. Like my own like me getting out of my own head and my own like I don't know like emotional like stagnation. Yeah, it's mostly that for now. And I think that's such an important point and something that I try to tell so many people. It's like therapy isn't always Drama. working on some traumatic event. Yes, it's not. I, and that's how I, well, because that's how I started therapy too. Like when people were like, you're going to therapy, but you're so happy. Go lucky. And I'm like, oh my gosh, sure. that is, that is my pet peeve in life. <laughs> <laughs> but why but you're so positive but you're so happy but you're always smiling yeah yeah because i mean there's no, 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 just <laughs> well that's it that's it but it's like you don't know what's going on inside me like i could right. be completely putting up a face i mean most of the time i am who isn't though right <laughs> at this point i really don't care i'm just like yo i'm having a crap day like y'all yeah. can know i don't oh. i don't care anymore good for you uh but yeah so i was saying like i i always just want to point that out to people like again you don't need to have something super traumatic happen again trauma looks in different ways too and that's always my thing people think that you know because the dsm-5 only classifies trauma as like veterans of war or being close to a near-death experience like that's what counts for ptsd but there are so many different forms of trauma and different levels of it too like but again it doesn't have to be something on that scale it can be right. just like you know what I realize that I don't have good coping skills or I'm not really emotionally regulating I'm having trouble with this relationship and I kind of want to figure out what to do you know it doesn't have to be something so like outlandish right absolutely agree I absolutely agree I think it's hard for people to like come to that understanding on their own though. But I mean, that's all you can do sometimes. They're just like, all right, um, you'll come to it when you come to it. And I think that that is how I 
approached my own self going to therapy because I probably should have gone to therapy a lot sooner, you know? <laughs> and then in the back of my head, I was like, one day I'll get there. One day I will decide to actually go to therapy. <laughs> and then, you know, it happened. But And I think that's what's so fascinating about me talking to you and hearing your own experience because you take it so... Like, I'm sure the work you do, like, it's it's serious at times as well, but you are just so open and accepting about it. And I think that's something, something so important to have, you know, and to be able to show people as well. Like, look, like, this, this isn't bad. Like, this is actually quite good for you and quite helpful. So. Yeah, and I, I also, like, I, ever since starting therapy and going through, like, whatever, the not the process, but like, you know, continuing along. I do really, I feel like I'm, I'm like every single time that I can say it out loud, I do say it like, you should try therapist. <laughs> and I'm sure people get sick and tired of me saying it. Like, because I'm sure people hear me say it repeatedly throughout, not at a certain, like I never repeat it more than like once or twice to a specific human. But if there's a new human who enters a circle and they have a worry or something, I will be like, you should see a therapist. <laughs> because that's literally, I don't know, like, I just feel like everyone should see a therapist. I've gotten, like, at least four people to start therapy. That's point. amazing. I know. I was like, great, wonderful. Go see a therapist. It's, it's great. And mostly for the objective perspective. For an objective perspective. Yeah, like. Go see a therapist. It's not scary. I think that's one of the things that like a lot of I get questions get asked a lot about. Like, not well, one, I get asked a lot about how, where does one start? And I like that's one of the um things. Um, so my sister actually helped me the first time because I, I think I I maybe texted her and I was like, I think I need to see a therapist, but I don't know how to go about it. Like, what do you know about insurance and therapy? And she sent me a message and that's how we got started. Um, and so I always start people out that way. <laughs> if they have like insurance, like and a, a job that like provides them with like, or that, you know, they pay into their insurance. But, yeah. Um, and I'll say that that was even an issue for me because uh, my coworkers actually started the process before me. Uh, and so they were able to guide me a little bit as to what to do. But even then, like, I didn't go that route. I ended up just going the, oh, let me just go through my uh, medical provider, my PCP, mm. and get a referral that way. But of course, that's also limiting. So, right. yeah. Everyone goes to therapist and the difficult. Yeah, it is not easy, you know. Especially when you it's don't true. know and you don't have people around you to support you. And I think that's one of those things that needs to, change like when we're talking about advocacy for mental health like this I feel like this is one of the important things to also acknowledge like you need to make it much more known how to go through the process yeah I I will say my sister I that's who I like that's she's the one that like guided me through that at least in the sense that she was like here like google this and google that and then like, you know, it should be pretty self-explanatory after that. But yeah, my sister really like helped me out with that, I think. And I think like finding a therapist is not, I actually don't even know how I ended up at my practice because I know that I didn't like look up 
which one does my insurance cover? I think I just like, I might have asked, I might have done like a general Instagram or Facebook ask. No, but I would never do that. I At that point, I would not have done that because at that point, I do think I, I still felt like the stigma of going to therapy. So I don't think I did that either. But I know that my sister guided me through like the logistics of like the insurance stuff and all that kind of mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. And finding the actual therapist and the actual practice, I don't actually remember how that happened. But I'm glad I found them. They were... I might have just Googled therapist mm-hmm. near me and then I was gonna say I feel like that that might have been the way you got there if you if you didn't really get referred in any other way. I think and I think that is what it was. I think I, I did that and I wanted it to be near my work, central to my work and where my and my living space so that it was always equidistant. And I think that's how I ended up picking the office. I was like this one's in the middle. Let's go to that one. And I checked if the, my insurance. Um, I didn't even check. I called. I was like, hey, this is my insurance. Do you guys, am I covered? It. Yeah. yeah. And they were like, yep, you're good. And then I was like, okay, cool. Give me a therapist. <laughs> I'm new. I don't know. <laughs> Please make sure it's a woman. <laughs> and that's how it happened. Like logistically. But No, but that's good. And I think that's important to let people know too. Like, look, it seems more daunting than it actually is. And you it's might a, have to put in a little bit of work, but it's actually, it's really not like hard. Right. Like the process itself isn't hard. I, yeah, I was very surprised. I remember just clicking a few buttons. I started, so one of the things that my sister um, advocated for, she was like, use your EAP time to get your first few sessions free. And that actually came up in my conversation with my previous uh, guest. And and my thought process behind that is, you know, that's only three sessions. Well, I, it depends. It's by employer because I know that she got 10. And I was like, holy shit. See, no, for us, I'm pretty sure the number is three. Um, yeah, so I... Our employer. Right, so it, it, it does... I think that like, depends because I know someone else who got, it was either 10 or 15. I did not get that many. And I, I was like, wow. Like the, it, it really, I think it depends on like the plan that the company or that your mm-hmm. employer buys into. Um, but what I do tell people, and I, cause I think I got either three or five. And I remember telling people like, at least, you know, use these three to figure out if you want to stay in therapy or not. And then, or if it so, kind of yes. worked yeah. or not. And then from there, like, we move forward with, you know, figuring it out. But So, yes, in that sense, I agree. In just terms of figuring it out and, like, trying it out and getting a feel for it, I feel like that's really helpful. Yeah, for sure. Again, because those are free and you don't have to really worry about the insurance thing. Obviously, you have to reach out to the EAP, but, you know, that that's as much work as you have to put into it. My issue with that is that you might become comfortable with that therapist or you might be begin doing the work. And then your sessions end. And then you are forced to reach out 
to a different person because now you feel like you want to continue therapy and you're not going to have that same dynamic and you might really like your EAP therapist, but then the dynamic is going to be different for whatever therapist you get through your insurance. Like, do you see what I mean? Like the disconnect. So like I, and I got this, I guess this is about, this is more insurance based, but like, so when that's why I called because I I was like, do you take my insurance? This is the insurance I'm going to come in with if I stay. And, but my first session, my first session is going to be an EAP session. And I remember having that conversation with the person who answered the phone when I happened to call the office and they were like, and they like, actually, they didn't tell me in the moment we do. She was like, give me a few minutes. I'll give me your information. I'll call you back in a few minutes if that's okay. And I was like, perfect. And then she called back and she was like, we do accept your insurance and we'll, yeah, and you can do your EAP sessions first. And then um, we can go through your insurance after that, if that's how you would like to do it. And I'm like, yeah, that works perfectly. Um, so yeah, so I think that that's also an important step. If you're going to start with your EAP and the fear is I'm going to like my therapist and I want to stay with them, but then after that, my insurance won't cover it. Like then I would call and ask beforehand to whoever's in charge or the office. Absolutely. Absolutely. So again, my issue isn't doing the EAP. My issue is like, you have to be ready to put in a little bit extra effort into that and making sure that this is going to be conducive to you having a steady therapist. Right. right, right, If if that's what you're looking for, of course. If this is just like, hey, I'm having a hard time um, and I just really need somebody to talk to for a little bit, then yes, EAP is perfect. You don't have to worry much about it. You get things off your chest. You have somebody listening to you. Uh, You might learn a couple skills, um, but above anything, you, you get somebody who's just there for you. Right. So in that sense, it works. But again, like the way I've seen it play out a couple of times, it's like they go to EAP, they do the work, but that's it. Like they aren't able to carry their therapist on. Right. For, then it's a hard stop after, yeah. after that. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying EAP is bad. EAP is great. But just, I think it's important for you to know, like, what are you looking for when you first go in? Right. Yeah, are you looking for long-term or are you looking for just a quick check-in, if you mm-hmm. will? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And see, for me, like the reason why I don't want to do it is because I'm looking for a long-term therapist. Right. Because I know that there's work that I want to do. And also being a therapist myself and working with domestic violence, like I carry a lot of heavy stuff with me. So I, right. I also need my person that I can just go to, yeah, you know, just have them also process. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. That makes sense. But yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But no, love therapy. Everyone, if you can, get a therapist. (laughs) It's wonderful. It's helpful. (laughs) What do you feel has been the, the most useful thing you've learned? In therapy. Ooh, that's a great one. There's a few things actually. Um that both my therapists, I think, well, one, but the first one, it was learning that I was not an alcoholic. And 
but also like learning how to track my experience with alcohol um, in the moment, I think, or even prior to when it's going to happen. Um, I don't know, there were like a tool, like that exercises, I guess, that I would do either prior to like a gig night or during the gig that like helped with like recentering me, right? <clears throat> and then, or like not, or help me not deal with like negative emotions through alcohol. <laughs> I just been like, all right, more shots. Um, so that was one of them. And then the second one with the current therapist, because I've kind of moved away from the, the first issue in the sense that like, I mean, you know, because now I'm perfect. Um, no, the second one would be that I am currently working on, and I, I guess I feel comfortable saying this. I'm currently working on like, I'm in my thirties. I am questioning like what the fuck I'm doing with my life in terms of whether I feel fulfilled, whether I feel purpose, whether, you know, and I think the pandemic and going through this entire thing like has really like shifted a lot of things or like refocused a lot of things and really, or like completely just like shuffled things around for me because, you know, everything felt immediate and everything felt futile and everything felt finite. And so I was like, oh my God, like, have I done all I can do? Like if I were, because I mean, I, I don't know how everyone else experienced it, but like, I was like, if I catch COVID and die, will I be, ha- will, I, will, will I be satisfied with the life I've led? Oh, I um, went through that. I went through that. Yeah, right, right. I mean, you and I have talked about this. I had a right, whole right. emotional breakdown, um, right. but yeah. And so I, I'm, that's, I think what I'm focusing on now-ish, but what I've learned that has been super helpful recently has been to, um, because I do think I've refocused my energy and like where I want to put my energy and being okay with that. I, and this is like a dual thing because I had a conversation with my therapist and I had like a free life coach session at one point and he obviously was to buy into a program and things like that but that one session was actually also really eye-opening and I took that and talked to my therapist about it and then we kind of continued that conversation together it was like just like allowing yourself to step into the things you want and allowing yourself to be like not embarrassed about the things you want not feel shame for what you envision your life to be and like just going for it you know just like life is short and just like let's let's do the things that need to get done to get there granted it's not easy like I'm constantly t- telling my therapist like oh my god I don't know if this is what I want I don't know what I'm doing like did we make the right decision last time <laughs> and she's like well let's let's bring it back what what has caused us to start feeling <laughs> and I was like well I haven't seen you in three fucking weeks so that's probably it <laughs> I didn't have you there to help me validate that what I'm doing is the right thing to do. Right, exactly. <laughs> and when other people say it, it doesn't matter because I don't trust them. <laughs> and I don't trust myself, so let's go. <laughs> but, but yeah, I think that that's one of the things like 
allowing myself to validate myself. I also have like this beautiful planner that like I write little things into and like just, I think planning is really important for me. Like just so that I feel like there's a plan. Otherwise, if there's no plan, I will feel lost. And I don't trust myself in that last space or time. Um, I think everything just becomes more overwhelming when you don't have things sort of like written down or where you can reference them. Because again, the mind is, or at least I'm talking from my own experience, but my mind is so chaotic and all over the place that if I don't write things down or if I don't make reminders for myself, I will most definitely forget that I have something to do. Right, exactly. I am the same way. I don't know. I mean, you can probably tell from literally just based solely on this conversation you and I just had for the last... <laughs> Scatter mind. Right? Just like me all over the place. But yeah, I, I need to write it down. I need to kind of make a sort of a plan, a skeleton of a plan, um, usually with the help of someone. And at least have that down to like center me and like ground me. Otherwise, I start to like float away and freak out about the fact that nothing, nothing is, nothing is solidified (laughs) and the wind's going to carry it away or whatever. But that's one of the things I I write everything down now and, and I allow myself permission to like, you know, be kind to myself. Like I am hopefully kind to others and understanding of myself. Like I'm hopefully understanding of others and like, yeah, just like amp myself up. Like you got that. Now you got this, but like, you're deserving. So let's go. And how hard was it for you to learn that skill? Oh my God. So hard. So hard. I don't know how I came to it, but I came to it at some point. I probably after the conversation with that life coach, but like I, so hard. I don't, it was, I think because, and I don't mean to like put the blame on things, but like we grow up in this very specific society with its very specific rules about who deserves what and who gets what and who doesn't and who matters and who doesn't matter and so like I don't think I realized like how much of that I've like I really like absorbed and let it just be like a passive thing that like is a reality or like the truth and then like breaking away from that is like the most difficult thing I think it's still something I'm working on. I, I'm not, I'm in by no means like have figured that all out. Like I'm constantly reminding myself of the things that I am deserving of, you know, like, and it's, that's the hardest part, I think. Cause it's a, it's a continued work. Like it never stops. <laughs> like you would think that like, Oh, I've realized it. All right. I'm good to go. <laughs> no, like a week later, you have to realize it again. And it's so exhausting. <laughs> But it is what it is, man. You got to keep doing the work, you know? Yeah. And I think that's also the important thing that I also want to convey to people. It's like therapy isn't like, oh, you go in for three months, six months, nine months, a year, do the work, and then you're perfect. No, because there will always be something else that might, you know, be a trigger or might sort of create doubt in you again or just kind of rock your world unexpectedly. And there's no shame in continuing therapy. There's no shame, but just be prepared that in order for it to be effective, you really do need to put in the work because your right. therapist isn't there to do the work for you. Right. They're there to help you with the process, but the work needs to come from the person in therapy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, 
I will say, I think one of my biggest things was like making sure I have regular therapy. And that's not something I did the first time. I would like go to therapy and then like a month would that pass and be like, I have like not an episode, but like just for lack of a better term, like an episode. And be like, oh, I have to schedule a therapy session. I haven't got it in a while. Um, but now I'm much more consistent. Like that's part of the work for me, like making sure it's consistent. Um, in order for it to be more effective. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like a simple one that like for me was part of like putting in the work. And the rest of it was like, and now it's just like, you know, following through with the suggestions or like the things that we talk about during therapy. But yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. And, it's, and it's not always perfect, guys. Like it's an ebb and flow. I will say I am a row with the punches person. And it's like, well, that didn't happen this week. All right, let's, let's hope next week this happens. <laughs> Oh God. I wish I was like that. I'm just like, no, it didn't happen. Oh my God. Now I don't know if it's ever going to happen. And this and that. <laughs> oh, I mean, I get there too. I, I get there too at some point. Definitely. Um, yeah. I also have those moments. Generally I'm a go with the flow person, but I have those spikes and dips as well. But again, I think that's just part of us being human. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, I don't think anybody is ever at all times, like completely just confident and happy. And God, that would be exhausting. (laughs) To be always happy. Yeah, mostly because I enjoy being sad. That's, that's such an interesting point. And I think it's so important as well. Like life isn't about just always trying to make yourself be happier. It's like learning to sit and be comfortable with your sadness, with your loneliness, with your frustration and anger. Like, yeah, I'm frustrated. Yeah, I'm angry. Yeah, I'm sad. But that's okay. For sure. I I will say I always question anger and which one's the other one? Frustration. Because it always leads to sadness. I'm like, all right, let's think about this one. What is it that's really making me angry? Here we go, here we go, here we go. Oh, I'm sad. (laughs) But... It's a different type of but, sadness every time. But right? even then, exactly. And that's one of the things that I try to point out to my clients all the time. It's like, we always use just the basic emotion, the emotion descriptors. Right. But I always pull out the emotion wheel. The wheel, the wheel is my favorite. My, so yes, the wheel, once it was pulled out on me, I was like, I'm saving this file and I'm coming back. Because <laughs> it was like a PDF. Oh, because it was during virtual therapy. I was like, let me save this PDF and I'm going to have this uh, like easily pullable. So I can just like pull it up and be like, which one am I actually feeling today? <laughs> like when I get in those moments, you know? Um, but that is so important because once you identify what it is exactly that you are feeling, then you can address it in the right manner. But if we're saying, oh, I'm angry, but are you? Are you actually angry or are you disappointed? Or are you frustrated? Or are you this or are you that? Right. Like, are you actually angry or did someone do something, hurt your feelings, and now you're blankly blank? Mm -hmm. That's a different, that's what needs to be addressed as opposed to like whether you're angry or not. Um, yeah, I think that wheel has been, uh, has been great for me. Um, I've, I do look at it every now and then, but I think I'm also just much better at catching myself during Mm -hmm. those moments. Like, 
Um, but again, because you have learned to do the work. Right. All right. The other one that I posted on like Instagram, I don't know when TikTok probably was like the dealing with like the negative emotions, negative feelings. Because uh, like as artists, as teachers, as humans, like these come around a lot. But like jealousy, you know, all of those things. Like just being like, okay, here you are. <laughs> and now I've gotten so good at it. Like just being like, all right, you, I see you. Like I'm not able to deal with you right now, but I promise we will make some time later and we will talk it out. Um. And then making time later, either in the day or the next day to actually like figure out like, what was that? Instead of letting it like completely ruin your day or the moment that you're participating in, you know? Yeah. And that is definitely something I also address to my clients. And I tell them like, look, it's not a matter of trying to avoid the emotion because it's like, it's like trying to say, oh, I'm going to make myself not think negative thoughts. Right. I'm just like, no, by you just saying that you're still addressing the negative thought so why are you trying to avoid it the thought or the negative emotion um it's a matter of be like hey i'm not in a place where i can deal with this right now so let me acknowledge it let me table it and then let me deal with it when i feel i'm at a better place or at least you know at a at a different time that isn't right this second right i think one of the things that i read recently or saw was in terms of this this like technique practice that I've added on to mine is that like these negative emotions these negative like thoughts or whatever whether it's jealousy whether it's imposter syndrome whether it's like anxiety like not anxiety but like you know those immediate ones is like when I do acknowledge them and see them like oh shit hi one of the things that I've added on to that to my technique is at least being like, hi, I know you're here because something about me feels unsafe right now. And my body loves me and my brain loves me so much that it wants to feel safe again. I appreciate it. I appreciate you coming to the rescue. We'll talk later. And one of the things that like I question in that moment is like, am I safe? Like, am I physically in danger? No. Cool. All right. Let's discuss this later. I'm going to, well, you know, figure it out. And then making that actual time to actually like, either I sit down and think about it or I sit down and write about it or like, you know, yeah, like I do like, or like if it is actual sadness, like I sit down and watch a sad movie or sit down and watch whatever in order to like get it out, right? But I think that's the other thing, like recognizing that like these feelings are here because like something about your your, your humanness, your body like feels like unsafe and it's like, oh, okay, we're responding in an appropriate way, but we don't have to like necessarily like respond with anger or with like whatever or jealousy or envy or like blah, blah. we're responding in a way because our body feels unsafe and let's 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 talk about that. Not right now. Let's talk about it later and see why we felt unsafe. What about it made us feel unsafe? And what about it's gonna make us feel what can we do next time so that we come back to safety faster and like quicker secure security yeah absolutely and and i think that that in itself is such a good technique to some extent personifying it yeah absolutely and, oh, and seeing it as something outside of you in order to be able to better address it but also 
working on not fearing it. Because I think fear is the main reason why people avoid, whether it's thoughts, whether it's emotion. Um, Because again, those correlate your thoughts influence your emotions your emotions influence your um how you physically feel right and so because they are correlated you tend to avoid just to not have that sort of let's call it side yeah, effect absolutely. at this point yeah right right yeah i think that that's one of those so oh here i just talked about like two techniques very three techniques or whatever um yeah that's one of my favorite ones actually like personifying the feeling the negative feeling or emotion and then asking it to come back later. <laughs> come back later. I don't got time right now. I'm busy. But then actually making the time to like deal with it. Um, and dealing with it looks different for each of those, right? Um, it's like, also, like it's like your comadre that comes to visit. Be like, hey, you didn't really tell me you were coming. And right. I kind of have a full schedule. So make yourself at home. Uh, I will be back later. <laughs> make You know what? Yes, make yourself at home. I will... Come back to you when I get a second. <laughs> and knowing like you're not afraid of your comadre. Like this is they're here to make you feel better. They're here to keep you company. And that's what these emotions are. Like they're not here. They're part of your circle. Yeah. Absolutely. Which is essential. Yeah, they can be and annoying at times. Yeah. They might do things that irritate you or might hurt you. Yes. Right. But you're not going to avoid them forever because no. they're still part of your circle. You're, and they're, they're always going to be there. Exactly. And we need to learn how to work with them. I really don't like using the word deal with because I hear it a lot in education. Like, how do you deal with so-and-so? With children. Spe- mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Specifically children. Um, Been there. Like, Done that. <laughs> it was like, no, we don't deal with them. We have to work with them. <laughs> We work with the children. We don't deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Oh, it's, a, it's a huge pet peeve. Um, yeah. And that's the same thing for your negative emotions, negative feelings. Like you don't deal with them. You have to work with them and then together find a balance mm-hmm. somehow. Yeah. yeah. Be like, oh, mother, why are you here? And then explore what that answer is. Be like, okay. Yeah. I, I, a lot of this has been my therapist, current therapist. Um, a lot of that came through a book that I read, which was The, um, the Ethical Slut which is not about therapy at all. It's about polyamory and exploring like different types of relationships. But within that book, a lot of it does like, not directly, but does deal with a lot of things that people deal with in therapy, like dealing with jealousy. How do you deal with that? How do you address it? How do you, and uh, you can uh, literally substitute the word jealousy for any other negative feeling in that chapter. And it works the exact same way. You should expect it. You should not be surprised by it necessarily. Like, it is a part of our system. It is a part of our humanist. And instead of avoiding it or pretending that it does not exist, let's learn how to work with it because it's going to it's here forever. And like, it's part of life. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's if anyone part of the process. To, yeah, absolutely. And learning how to communicate with people about it. Like, oh my God, that is one of the things that I just, and I think I specifically... Um, I probably just brought this up in my group last week, uh, but the importance of communication, of yeah. being able to convey what it is that you feel to yourself, but to others as well, whether you're in a so relationship. Hard. Oh, absolutely. And I think specifically <laughs> when you come from uh, a culture or let, let's not even go that big, just from a family 
that isn't used to talking about the underlying issues. Like that is such a hard barrier to break because you automatically assume like, oh, this isn't what we do. So this is going to cause some tension or this is going to cause whatever it is. Like tension. We avoid tension if we can. Um, Yeah, that's definitely a big one. I think that's one that I'm also working on a little bit more. Like, um, and I've gotten better at it. Like there are things that like I've definitely put boundaries on my parents or family members being able to talk about around me. Um, that have been like, well, that's no longer a topic we can have a conversation about because I'm not okay with it. <laughs> um, yeah, I just, I don't, and yeah, I, and it's hard. They don't under, like, not that they don't understand. I actually had this conversation with my mom. She was like, well, she's like, that's not how we grew up, you know? And like, that's, and I'll make it a solid, like I specifically, so I, during when the pandemic started, um, I was probably like the heaviest that I have ever been and so I was like well we're at home and I just kind of went I readdressed you know diet and I don't mean like fat diet I mean like actually like how I was eating and exercise just to kind of keep myself also sane and like I lost a lot of weight and a lot of comments are made about you when you either gain weight or lose a lot of weight and it is just not okay and that was the one conversation I had with my mom I was like we are no longer allowed to talk about the way I look physically there's just not, unless you're going to tell me I look good or I look happy or I look like a ray of fucking sunshine we are no longer allowed to talk about my actual physical weight it is no longer something that's on the table um, and that is so important. And so many people don't do it just because they're worried about how the other person's going to react. And I'm just like, no, that's why boundaries exist. Absolutely. And that's, that's what why I communication like, is so important. This is the boundary. No more can you do that. And we had a conversation about it. And it was actually a really good conversation. She was like, you know, we're just, this is how we talk. Like, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, but. I mean, she obviously at the end was like, but if that's something that you don't want to talk about anymore, I, I completely respect that. And yeah, and it's been nice. But the I, good thing I, is that the, that she's receptive to it right. because there are so many people. Oh, I know. And I'm not going to point anybody out, <laughs> but who are not receptive to that and actually get quite defensive. Right. Yeah. Because absolutely. they're like, well, it's my opinion. This is what I think. I was like, I hear you. But I also want you to acknowledge how it's impacting me. No, but this, but that, okay. You know what? This is why boundaries also exist in what I'm willing to talk to you about and what I'm, and what I'm willing to argue over because it's a matter of at this point, do I want to bother having an argument or do I rather just keep my own peace of mind? I know how to deal with somebody else going off about a certain topic, but it doesn't mean that I have to necessarily engage and use my own energy to try and make a defense or, you know, whatever. So it's basically yeah. choose your battles. Yeah, absolutely. But anyway, that's how it's been going. <laughs> no, well, thank you so much. Uh, again, I love talking to you about your own experiences with therapy. I mean, I love talking to you in general, but, you know, yeah. with your music, with your projects, with you know, all of your own sort of self-exploration that you've done and the decisions that it's led you to make 
just within this last year, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I think like maybe I mean, even what the last specifically six months, maybe like, yeah, the last six months for sure have been huge turnaround in terms of the direction of life and how therapy has helped me with that. Yeah. So again, thank you so much for being willing to share your experience and talk about this, which again, yeah. I think, I think more people need to do, but I just love your insight and your experience and how you're able to vocalize how this has helped you. Oh, thank you. Thank you for inviting me. And I think we have a few other topics we're going to touch on at some point. Yes, I am excited that you are going to come back. Um, (laughs) We'll schedule that. (laughs) Yes, we will schedule it down the line. Um, But I feel like there's some pretty good topics that uh, you and I have have talked about that I feel would be very good for an episode. So so thank you for coming on. Um, Where can people find you? Um, people can follow me uh, on Instagram at Vijos Alfredo. They can follow me on Facebook, also Vijos Alfredo. My handle is Vijos Alfredo everywhere. So that's T-H-E, Jose Alfredo. Um, follow me on, yeah, all the social medias. I don't use Twitter often because I'm not that funny or smart. And I feel like Twitter requires you to be like succinctly smart and funny. Like you have to be witty to be on Twitter and like <laughs> successfully on Twitter. And I'm just... I'm just not that. I'm definitely not succinct. So, <laughs> um, yeah, other than that, you can follow me on the other ones doing my silly, silly things that I do. You're on TikTok too, right? I am. I am on TikTok. Yeah. Trying to see how that works out. It's just so time consuming. I don't know how people do it. People are so good at it, but I'm going to figure it out. I promise. Mostly singing videos and therapy stuff. Things I learned in therapy, um, a lot of costume changes because I wear a lot of rebosos. <laughs> and Juan Gabriel. Yeah, those are probably the book. A lot of Juan Gabriel. That. Yeah, Juan Gabriel singing rebosos and therapy. I think that's what, that's mostly been my TikTok. Oh, and musical theater, actually. Yes, I have seen your little musical theater posts. Those yeah. are always enjoyable. Those are the... It's, it's all over the place, my TikTok, but it is, it's, I enjoy TikTok. I enjoy watching them. I'm on so much social media already. I was just like, I don't, I don't need to be on TikTok. <laughs> don't do it, girl. Don't do it. <laughs> like, I got so much going on right now. I'm like, nope, not right now. Maybe later when I have a much more steady job that gives me a little bit more free time and peace of mind. But, but not yet. Eventually. Eventually. There you go. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. But again, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. And I can't wait for us to record another episode. So, yeah, me too. Thank you. Thank you.